Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well, losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash I do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's row.co slash I do. Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real. Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do for an exclusive 35% off because every mom deserves a good night's sleep. And with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We hope you're having a great day. We got another 
valuable show for you today where we welcome Hannah Rose. And Hannah is a clinical mental health therapist based in Baltimore, Maryland. And she specializes in all things related to self, self-esteem, self-worth, forgiveness, talk, and shame. And she uses narrative therapeutic approaches as well as her trauma-informed training to deepen her clients' relationships with themselves and those around them. And today, we dive into loneliness. Hannah gives us some really great tools for whether you're in a relationship or you're single and you're struggling with feeling not connected in your relationships, uh, whether it's with friendships or with maybe your partner who you're sleeping next to every night. So some really valuable information. We're going to link to the episode where we actually talk about doing a social media detox a long, long time ago. So that's a great episode as well. We chat about that and how that can help you prevent loneliness in your life. And as always, thank you guys so much for listening to today's show, for sharing it with your friends and family. And if you haven't been on our website before, check it out. We have over 300 episodes with tons of free resources, as well as the link to our online course, Spark my relationship. So enjoy today's episode. Hi, Hannah. Thanks so much for joining us on the show today. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for having me. With the last year that much of the world has had, everything has kind of gotten flipped on its head. And certainly relationships have had all kinds of stress both with our partners and individually feeling lots of stress. And loneliness is something that seemed to be getting talked about more and more even before the pandemic. But but now the pandemic has certainly probably accelerated that feeling. And we want to dive in and talk about loneliness and how you can be surrounded by people. You can be in a happy relationship and still feel lonely or not. So let's start with having you tell us how loneliness creeps into our lives, and then we'll talk about how we can feel less lonely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think loneliness can manifest in numerous ways. Um, And one way is physical loneliness, which is a lot of what we've experienced throughout COVID, depending on if you live alone or with people. There's just a lack of physical connection, hanging out with friends, going to family events, etc. And so that can feel lonely in in a physical isolation way. But then there's more of the emotional and mental loneliness, which, as you said, Um, you can experience, even if you're in a room full of people, even if you're in a relationship laying in the same bed as your partner. And I think it's important to talk about both of those. I think COVID has simply exacerbated potential pre-existing loneliness emotionally, and then really ramped up the intensity of that physical loneliness. So let's start with physical loneliness. And let's just assume Fortunately, a lot of the West, certainly North America, is vaccinated at the time um, we're recording this, uh, what is it, end of June, and things are opening back up. So we're not quite forced to be physically isolated as much. But let's just take, so let's take COVID out of the picture here. But that was still an issue. So how can people solve for that and start to feel less lonely in the physical sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's a great question. I think in answering any of these questions, which can vary based on person to person, right? We need to look at 
well, what would the goal be? The goal is connection, physical connection, emotional connection. And so the question for me becomes, what's blocking me from connection? There's a great quote by the Persian poet Rumi, and it says, your task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. Um, I might have just butchered that a bit. That's from memory. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how I see most things. So our task is not to seek connection, but rather look internally and say, okay, well, what's blocking me from connection? And the answer can be different based on who you are, uh, you know, chemicals in your brain, life experiences, past attachments, attachments with caretakers, et cetera. So if the goal is how do we increase physical connection? Um, for some, it's not, you know, just go hang out with your friends in person more because that brings up emotional loneliness, which in in my opinion, um, loneliness in all of our relationships can really stem from a lack of authenticity. And so the question then becomes, what's blocking me from being authentic with the people I love or the people around me? So I just answered your question with a whole lot of questions. (laughs) Um, But regarding physical connection, I, I do, I think if Um, being around people physically helps you to feel less lonely than trying to increase that in safe ways. Um, However, for many of us, even being physically present with the people around us doesn't actually tap into the core of the issue, which is whatever is blocking us from feeling connected. You mentioned some of the things to think about of that would create those blockages, but what can some people do specifically to work through that? Well, I can't stress enough. I'm a little biased as a therapist and as someone in therapy. Um, I can't stress enough just therapy. If you have the opportunity, privilege, ability to go seek therapy, it can be really helpful in um, not only identifying what those barriers are, but helping to deconstruct them. So in any problem-solving process, right, the first step is going to be identifying what the problem is. So if the goal here is connection because I feel lonely. Looking at, and these are exercises anyone can do at home. Um, With whom do I feel most connected? When do I feel most lonely? With whom do I feel most lonely? Um, Who in my life helps me to feel seen? Do I know what feeling seen feels like? Um, And kind of starting to just assess the people in our lives and the environments we're in. And we start to take this kind of fluid inventory of when do I feel most connected? and When do I feel least connected or most disconnected? And so that is something that we can all do at any point in time. And then we can zoom out a bit and start to look at patterns. Who are the types of people I feel most lonely around? What are the times of day? What is my mindset when I feel most lonely? Does it come down to something as simple as I'm hungry and I'm tired? And so I feel lonely because everything sucks when I'm hungry and tired. Or is it a little more complex? I want to go back to that quote, uh, the Rumi quote. And that's so valuable Mm -hmm. that it's not necessarily finding that connection, but finding what the the blocks are. And I notice in myself with, with friendships has been a big thing the last few years I've wanted to work on. And... Yeah, I notice like it's a lot more valuable when I look within and go like, well, what's stopping me? Because I have friends and why am I feeling lonely in that department? And 
why am I maybe blocking intimacy or something? Or maybe I, I get upset if if someone is not acting in, in the way that I expect them to, you know, my expectations are not met with that friendship. So it's such a valuable thing to to start there and then finding the blocks. And you then mentioned a lack of authenticity being a, a trigger for loneliness. So you can have all these people around you, but if it feels inauthentic, uh, you can feel lonely. And I, I know that's been something I was able to identify. And it's funny when you become a parent, Stella is is almost six, and I feel like the the parenting small talk is very inauthentic, in a sense. Or any kind of small talk can be a bit taxing, and and so then going, okay, well that's that's annoying to me. It feels inauthentic. Why don't I ask better questions? And that was something that I I just wanted to share that was helpful in really taking the power in identifying something, but then taking it into my own hands to to see the change that I want. Mm. Yeah, that's such a phenomenal way. When we're looking at the how-tos, often our our microscope or our magnifying glass can be pointed at everything around us, right? Like it's the people around me, it's the people at work, it's my partner, it's my kids. And at the end of the day, if we're having, if we're experiencing loneliness or discontentment across the board in our relationships, the only common denominator is us. And so it doesn't mean you're the problem. It means, huh, I wonder what it is in me. And so if the first part of this process is identifying the blocks, which can be difficult because uh, sometimes they're buried deep in the psyche or have to do with longstanding childhood, young adult experiences especially our attachment to our parents or primary caretakers. But so if we can identify those blocks, that question becomes, how do I deconstruct this? Like, how do I work through this? And so I'm a firm believer that um, barriers to authenticity are related to most things that come up in therapy. Um, and, And those barriers are almost always in the same vein. It's shame, fear, uh, you know, a lack of self-worth, lack of self-forgiveness. I mean, just all things self and a, and a lack of this strong foundation that says I am worthy of love and belonging, or I can be myself without fear that you're going to run in the opposite direction, etc. And those things take time to work through. But first we have to identify that we're even experiencing them. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. When you work full-time, have kids, and run a podcast, it's hard to make time for a multiple-step skincare protocol. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, OneSkin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best. Let me repeat it. They make it easy... No complicated routine, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. If you're looking for skincare products that are simple and effective, for a limited time, you'll get an exclusive 15% off your first OneSkin purchase when using the code IDO when you check out at oneskin.co. I've been using OneSkin's body lotion for about a month and I've already seen noticeable improvements with small wrinkles and textures on my skin, specifically on the back of my neck and the back of my hands, two places where I get a lot of sun. Plus, my skin looks and feels healthier all around. 
It's all thanks to OneSkin's revolutionary OS-01 peptide, the first ingredient proven to deactivate aging cells responsible for lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin. Unlike traditional skincare products that only mask symptoms, OneSkin pioneered a new approach, integrating tissue engineering and cutting-edge science to enhance skin biology for lasting resilience against aging. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using the code IDO at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with the code IDO. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support your show and tell them we sent you. If you're tuning into today's show, you're probably aware that mental health and relationship challenges are a part of life, but they don't have to define you and you're not alone. If you've ever wished that you could join a conversation with an expert and call into a show in a similar vein as relationship advice, here's an opportunity for you. If you're navigating something messy, call the Dr. John Deloney show. His show recently hit top five of all podcasts on Apple Podcasts, and for a good reason. With a PhD in counseling and two decades of experience sitting with people, Dr. Deloney brings practical advice on how to connect with others, face depression, overcome anxiety, and find true wellness. This caller-driven show tackles real-life issues from relationships to emotional well-being. Dr. Deloney walks alongside people just like you as they navigate tough decisions. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney Show is here for you. Send your questions, leave a voicemail at 844-693-3291 or email askjohn at ramseysolutions.com. They want to talk to you. Listen to the Dr. John Deloney Show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on our website. How are some of those barriers usually formed in childhood? Oof. Well, so I'm sure you're both aware there's different attachment styles that we can have with our primary caretakers. And, you know, one of the most damaging but common attachment styles is disorganized. And it stems from an inconsistency. And that inconsistency from our caretakers can be emotional or physical. So even someone that spends tons of time working and they're home sometimes, but you know, MIA for a lot of the time, to a kid, they can't necessarily make sense of why that's happening. Um, and then there's emotional inconsistency, you know, being nurturing at times and very cold at other times. And a child does not know how to take the perspective of, you know what, this is more of a reflection of what my parents is going through than it is of me. You know, like this mm -hmm. isn't about me, this is about them. And that's okay. I'm not going to take it personally. A child is inherently wired to take things personally. And so depending on so many different variables, including just an innate resilience, um, environment, again, brain makeup, the genetic makeup of the brain, um, how much the child internalizes anything that happens growing up um, impacts their relationships later on. And you can have two very healthy, loving parents who are very consistent and that child can still experience adversity early on um, or, 
You know, if a child never sees their parents fight ever, they have no idea that conflict is okay. And they enter adult relationships not knowing that conflict doesn't mean the end of a relationship. And they don't know, it's, it's never been modeled to them. But if a child sees the parents fight often, that can also be damaging. So it's so fragile. And I think oftentimes parents take it on themselves to be, uh, I think of like the parent small talk, like perfect. Like we need to uh, do the best we can do. And the reality is human beings are wired for connection. And so even if the parents do everything that one may think is perfect, that kid is going to have their own experiences outside of the house too, with rejection, betrayal, pain, love. You know, we minimize puppy love, but those are people's first experiences with relationships and can totally shape the schema that that person has for the rest of their life. What could someone do as a first step besides trying to find the blocks that are there to start to try to be less lonely. And I'd like to take an example from someone that's in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Should they talk to their partner? And then someone who's single, should they reach out to a friend? What, what does that look like? Mm, I think it probably will look different depending on the person, but to be as general as possible. I think if you're in a relationship, right? I don't know if anyone that listens to this has experienced this. I sure have where you're lying next to a partner at night. Um, and this is someone you know you live with or you've been together with for a long time and you feel totally alone. That is a horrible feeling. That is arguably the worst emotional pain feeling um, that I've experienced. Well, I don't know about that, but it's bad. And I guess my question would be to my former self, like, why do I feel disconnected? Um, can I communicate my needs? What's blocking me from communicating my needs? Or, and this was the case for me in the past, is what in me is staying in a relationship with a partner who is wonderful, but I need him to change intrinsically as a person to meet my needs. Like I need him to be a different person to feel seen and understood. Why am I staying? And so I'm not saying if you feel lonely in your relationship, that means you need to end it. But asking yourself those hard questions, you know, and in my case, they were asked of me by a therapist who I then wanted to fire and not work with anymore because I didn't want to look at that. That's too painful. Um, communication is, is, of course, key. You know, can I talk to my partner about this disconnection, about this feeling of loneliness? Can I, you know, pull a Brene Brown my spirit animal, and and come to that conversation with the narrative, hey, the story I'm telling myself is, right? The story I'm telling myself is that you're not attracted to me anymore. The story I'm telling myself is that I'm too much, et cetera. And that way it really puts the ball in your court in terms of owning that narrative instead of getting defensive or um, accusatory. Like you make me feel lonely, just throw that you make me feel, take that out of your vocabulary. Because um, we live in assumptions. We live in our heads about what others think of us, feel for us, et cetera. And sometimes it's on point. A lot of the time it's not. And then the question becomes, what would help me to feel more connected? You know, is this a me thing? Or is this a reflection of the relationship that needs some work? Because it's not always the relationship. Again, if you... Um, have been taught to be hypervigilant 
the trauma response to keep some walls up. You cannot feel fully connected with another person if you are hiding parts of yourself because you're ashamed of them or you don't want to get hurt. You mentioned wanting to fire your therapist because you didn't like what they were saying. (laughs) I think that's such a interesting thing that we all face when a friend, a therapist or our own self-talk knows the right answer. We're told the right answer or we know it, but we're in denial or cognitive dissonance. And it's really a tough thing that that's like a, a big barrier to growth a lot of times. How would you talk to your your old self or, or someone in that situation to to make them be more open to the reality or what they're being told, um, even if they don't want to hear it? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, And you may not love the answer. You cannot make anyone be open to it. Even if you know they know deep down and you want them to get honest with themselves, that's not, you can't do that, right? The best therapist in the world can't do that. The best friend, no one can make someone else ready or willing or open um, for anything. And that, of course, comes up in relationships. And that can be conflict because we want to get the other person to do the thing that we see so clearly. So if I were able to talk to my past self, I think my therapist, you know, did a phenomenal job. Um, I would say, it's okay, Hannah. It's okay that you're scared, you know, which is kind of how that internal self-talk went anyway. And instead of saying like, just get honest with yourself, you, I know, you know, I know you've known this whole time, which can feel really shaming. I would just say, you're doing the best you can with what you have and continue to just do the next right thing. that's right in front of you. It's going to be okay. But I also, you know, uh, I'm in, I'm in recovery. And so, you know, in 12 step programs, we utilize like spirituality and faith and trust in the universe. And so that was very helpful for me. And I knew, listen, no matter what, I'm going to be okay, but I'm not willing to take action right now. And so I'm going to put my head in the sand and be kind of self-destructive. And that is what I needed to do. And so I wouldn't, I wouldn't have changed a thing, even though it prolonged that pain. It definitely wouldn't have changed a thing. Can you talk a little bit more about that, about just not working through stuff and just kind of just being in the moment and just feeling what those feelings are? Absolutely. Um, I think the hardest action sometimes is inaction. Again, I think this therapist is the one that first said that to me. Um, She said the time to make a finite decision is not when you're ambivalent, right? It's not when you're going back and forth in your head, like, should I do this or should I do this? I don't know. That's not the time to make a very permanent decision. I heard someone say once, you know, don't make a permanent decision based on a temporary feeling, which I agree and disagree with. But um, I think there's something to be said for sitting in it and getting curious about it. I'm really a huge advocate of mindfulness and um, just allowing yourself to explore what it feels like, both physically and emotionally, because we experience all of our emotions in physical ways as well. And so, you know, my chest would get tight or I'd get a knot in my stomach and really getting curious about those physical symptoms of discomfort and pain. And now, I mean, sometimes as a therapist, I'm not like a, let me sit back and smile and nod. Like I'll, I'll be direct, but what they want to do with that is on them, right? I cannot get attached to the outcome. And 
I'll say like, you know, I don't know if this is your experience, but when I'm struggling with something and I keep saying, I don't know, it's because I do know, I just don't want that to be the right answer. And, and often that resonates and sometimes it doesn't. Um, I think it's important to get honest with yourself, but again, no one can really speed that up. And so currently if I'm doing something that, uh, it's been a little while, honestly, but like in the past, if I was in a relationship that I knew wasn't going to last, or I was doing something just to not be lonely, I, my thought on it is like, just if, if you can get honest with yourself, you know, you don't have to be perfect, but you can acknowledge like, yeah, I know this isn't healthy, but I'm doing it. And that's way better than trying to rationalize and excuse your way out of any and all things, because know, to thine own self be true. Like if I can't be honest with myself, how in the hell am I going to be honest with anyone else around me? Let's talk a little bit about emotional loneliness. What would Mm. you tell someone who is not physically lonely? They got good relationship, lots of good friends. They hang out all the time, but they're still feeling lonely. Why is that? And I know there's different circumstances and how can someone work to get through it. Hmm. Again, kind of first acknowledging, yeah, I am lonely. I feel super disconnected. And that's when I would kind of run through some of those questions. I'm just thinking, uh, like what I would do with a client is like, when do you feel most lonely or with whom? So in the past for me, there were certain groups of friends who I felt really connected with. I was totally able to be myself and authentic. And I had groups of friends where I always felt kind of lonely. And I, I realized in hindsight, it was because I would put on this mask, whether it's the everything's okay mask, whether it's the, yeah, I'm totally into the same things that you guys are, but I'm not mask. Um, and this is to me, what comes back to loneliness emotionally can stem from a lack of authenticity in our personal relationships. So if, and also depression, right? Like, let's just throw that in there. There is definitely some like quote unquote outside issues that maybe blocking us from being able to feel connected. And so intense loneliness um, is absolutely a symptom of depression. And so it's not always as simple as, oh, just be authentic. It, it, then that comes into play is, so what's blocking me from being authentic? But the first question is very much, who do I feel lonely around? Um, and then what would it, what would have to change for me to feel connected? If I know that question, right? Or if I know that answer. And do I feel like I can be myself is like the main question. And then underneath that, it might be like, well, I don't know who I am, right? And there's the work that needs to be done. It's more on identity. It's more on self-worth, that foundation of self we talked about a bit earlier. Um, Can I confide in the people around me and talk about how lonely I feel? Who am I being least authentic with, et cetera? Um, And I mean, it's, it's tough to kind of boil down like loneliness as a whole into like how to fix it. Because again, this can manifest so differently for so many different people. But I mean, if you are listening to this, most people struggle with loneliness on some scale, um, like on some level. And most people are also very much living in their heads about what others think of them. And what I was taught is what other people think of you is none of your business, which is very hard to actually internalize. Um, but the thing that really helps me to be free of some of that 
in recovery, we call it self-centered fear, which is like, what are you thinking about me? Is reminding myself that no one on this planet thinks about me and what I'm doing and what I look like and what I sound like as much as I do. And that doesn't mean nobody cares. It means most people are thinking about what they look like and sound like and what they're doing. And instead of having that feel isolating, it can feel kind of connecting. Like, wow, we are all having a pretty raw, sometimes great, sometimes painful human experience. Um, And the last thing I'll say on that is that the number one cause of current day 2021 feelings of loneliness is social media, period. So people are just consuming too much social media and it's making them feel lonely based on other people's experiences and them feeling not like they don't have those experiences as well? Yes. And it's also mis, uh, misconstrued as connection when mm-hmm. it's not. It, I mean, yes, we are basing, and I'm generalizing, a lot of self-worth and identity on likes. And just like, it's like we're each yelling, look at me into a void of everyone else saying, look at me. And we're comparing our insides, like how we feel, to other people's outsides. Um, you know, Instagram is, is a highlight reel of people's lives. There's also some great stuff, right? I love a good meme. There's some people posting and sharing really helpful, healthy things like you both, I'm sure. Um, but there's that, that great movie on Netflix called The Social Dilemma. And it's just, I mean, studies show that kids who, um, like Gen Z is the most depressed, anxious, eating disordered generation in human history. Um, and it's worth noting that like, we're all just staring at everyone else. I will say that I'm, I don't want to get on a soapbox about it, but of course, in the beginning of COVID, I was very, um, jarred by the lack of human connection outside of my own home. And I just noticed I was on social media for way too long because it's tough to moderate, especially when you're quarantined and I deleted all of it. And it's been about a year and a half, a little less. And I have not felt nearly as lonely, even throughout all of the pandemic, as I did in my previous 15 years at all. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Money is one of the biggest stressors in relationships. While worrying about it doesn't help a ton, Earnin actually does. Our sponsor, Earnin, is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Many couples end up fighting about finances, especially when surprise costs arise. Earnin allows you to seamlessly deal with that unexpected trip to the vet or the last minute gift for loved ones without any stress, letting you and your partner focus on what really matters. Earnin is helping millions of Americans to feel self-sufficient and to worry and fight less about money. All of this without debt trap, mandatory fees, or credit checks. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download Earnin app, type in relationship advice under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show. That's relationship advice under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Do you want to know one of my favorite meals? 
It's a slice of toasted bread with tomato, mozzarella, basil, olive oil, salt and pepper, and a little drizzle of balsamic glaze. Makes my heart happy. It's so simple. It's so delicious. And I love that all the ingredients get to show off their individual flavors. I used to eat it all the time as my easy go-to meal. And then all of a sudden, there was a ton of messaging out there telling me that I shouldn't eat carbs and that I shouldn't eat bread and that bread is bad. And I hate to admit it, but I cut out bread entirely for the longest time. And it wasn't until recently that I started to understand that not all bread is created equal. Hero Bread makes those same delicious favorites free of consequences or compromises. They've remade carby, empty-calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no-net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories, plus protein and fiber. I highly recommend that you give their bread a try. They're giving Relationship Advice listeners 10% off when you visit Hero dot co and use the code I do at checkout. I was so excited to discover Hero Bread. It's truly amazing. And they've made a product that is tasty and soft while having zero to one grams of net carbs, zero grams of sugar and high in fiber. I'm not going to lie. Their white bread is so good and it makes the best tomato and mozzarella sandwich. Last week, Stella and I were back in Florida visiting our family and we all walked to the lake and the only bread we had in the house was hero bread. So we grabbed a slice, walked to the lake, and by the time we got there, Stella had eaten the whole piece of bread and of course, wanted more. So the poor ducks didn't get any hero bread, but Stella did. Since I had cut out bread for a while, every time I ate low quality bread, my body felt bad. It felt bloated and I didn't feel great. But with Hero Bread, I feel good after eating it, which makes my life so much easier because now I can go back to my easy grab and go sandwiches when I'm on the run. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code I do at checkout. That's I do at H-E-R-O dot C-O. For sure. Yeah. And yeah. And just the comparison and it's just built into our monkey brains. Like we're seeing other people's lives and it is a good idea to just try a digital detox, get off the social media and you might be like, oh, I feel a little bit better. You've given us some great tips, Hannah. I I would like to ask you uh, around authenticity, how someone could think about being more authentic? Like what is something they might ask themselves in in a way to uh, be more true to themselves with other people in their lives? Absolutely. I mean, I think for me, what being authentic feels like is taking off any kind of mask, um, which means changing how I am to meet what I perceive your needs to be or your wants, right? Which is hard. It's scary. It like goes against every people pleasing fiber in your being. Um, and so if I like fill in the blank, um, I'm going to say that, or if it comes up, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be honest with myself and those around me. So I'm trying to think of examples of like things that I do or don't do that kind of go against the grain. But, but, but that's the point. Like, if the norm is X, Y, Z, 
are you comfortable deviating from it if that's your truth? You know, as kind of kitschy as the, that sounds like, what is your truth? What do you like? What do you not like? And looking at what are some decisions that I make in my life that are, that would be different if I wasn't thinking about what other people expect of me. Um, and that's scary, right? Like to detach from this idea of what do my parents want? What do my friends want? What do my partner, like, and, and being able to start looking at what do I want? What do I like? And some people can say, well, that sounds really selfish, but we can't, really show up for others if we don't prioritize our self-care in a way. And so it's less about, um, you know, how can I be this person for you and you and you? And it's, well, how can I be this person for me? And as a result, not only will I feel more connected, but I will have so much more energy to be there for others. If I'm allowing myself to just be free of this, not good enough or too much, et cetera, narrative really requires you to be vulnerable with yourself and those relationships you're trying to build. Yeah, and vulnerability is so hard. And I know I mentioned her once before, but what really kind of set me on the path of what I call emotional sobriety, which is uh, everything we're talking about, was reading um, one of the first books Brene Brown wrote, I think her second one, called Daring Greatly. And it was just about vulnerability and shame and fear. And I was like, I was maybe 23 or 24 and I, it changed my life, my whole career path. I mean, everything, because I realized how terrified I was of being my authentic self, not even knowing who that person was staying in relationships that didn't serve me because of fear of loneliness, even though I felt lonely in said relationships. And I just realized the solution to almost every emotional issue that comes up is looking at the barriers, allowing myself to be authentic allowing myself to be vulnerable selectively um, and, and staying honest to myself instead of, as Brene Brown puts it in a later book, trading our authenticity for approval. That's to me, that's the epitome of when I feel lonely is when I trade my authentic self to get the approval of others. Even if that person or people approves me, approves of me, then I don't feel connected because they don't know who I really am. Mm -hmm. Before we wrap up, can you talk a little bit about creating deep connections with friends and I guess in relationships when you're, let's say in your, in your thirties and forties? Um, the reason I ask this is because we live in, in Costa Rica and all of our friends and family that I grew up with, it's back in the States. And I always feel my most authentic self and deepest connections with the friends that I created, you know, when I was in grade school and who truly know me and I have these really deep connections with, and, you know, I've created these connections with others throughout the years, but nothing feels as, I guess, strong as the deep connections I have with those friends from early childhood. And then it's just, it's kind of hard to create those, like replicate those deep connections when you're older and life is just so much busier. Oh, for sure. For sure. I think, God, Costa Rica, it's like, yes, this is amazing, but also I'm removed from the people that I feel most seen by. And I do, I think in this, as much as I'm saying social media is like the worst, how great it is, even though it's not at all the same to live in a time where we can have Zoom and we can have FaceTime. And so really trying to, when you do connect with those people from back home, is like skipping that surface level chit chat and, and allowing yourself to reach out, be seen. 
um, which is hard. It's just hard when there's physical distance. Um, and I don't think there's one, one right answer, but there's also the barriers to vulnerability in terms of making new connections that come with being in your thirties and forties, because we have often subconsciously developed so many protective mechanisms, um, and can live in just as much fear as, you know, a child entering a new school, if not more. And so I would definitely encourage you or anyone listening who's struggling with that to keep trying to bloom where they are planted, you know, and if it feels hard making connections because there isn't a longevity factor, um, looking at, yeah, like, what does that longevity mean to me? Like, what meaning do I bring to this friendship because I've been friends with them for 30 plus years, as opposed to this person who I met a week ago in Costa Rica, who feels like a soul sister, but I haven't known them for that long. It's almost like we can minimize connection based on how long or not long we've known them. And so kind of just getting curious about it. Like, is it that there's no people around? Is it that, you know, a part of me just isn't willing, kind of like the hashtag no new friends, like, nope, these are my people and I don't have enough space in my heart for more and and kind of just exploring what comes up there. I didn't know that was a hashtag. I didn't either. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm a millennial. And I just, I mean, if anyone Gen Z is listening, they're probably like, oh, she's so old. But yeah, like (laughs) no new friends, which essentially means like, I've got all the friends I need and we're super tight and I love them and I don't want to meet anyone else because I'm good. Yeah, that's not the best attitude to have. And Mm -hmm. and yeah, you have brought up some really great points and this is a great place to wrap up on. But yeah, just examining our preconceived ideas of like how long we've known someone and and how that can make us, you know, close off to someone that's not necessarily a childhood friend. So Hannah, thank you so much for all of these great tips and ways to think about loneliness and be less lonely. Um, Before we wrap up, can you tell our listeners where they can find you online? And if there's anything we skipped over, you want to emphasize or anything you want to leave our listeners with, and then we'll say goodbye. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think regarding that piece you just said, the only thing I would add to this whole podcast is longevity is also a reason that we stay in friendships or relationships despite feeling lonely or disconnected or inauthentic. And so that's something I hear constantly is, well, I can't detach from this person. I know they're acting very toxic and have been for years, but I've been friends with them for 10 years. And I'm like, would you, would you accept this kind of abuse from a new friend? Anyway, so that's something to think about. Um, you can find me. I have a website. It's just my full name. It's hannahaliserose.com. Um, and the only, I, I have zero social media, but I do have YouTube. And so if you search Hannah Rose LCPC, like licensed clinical professional counselor, just LCPC on YouTube, I am there and I talk about this stuff. Wonderful. We'll have the links to your YouTube and your website in the show notes and the podcast description. And thanks so much for joining us on the show today. Awesome. Thank you guys. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show, guys. As always, the links will be in the podcast description as well as on the show notes on our website at idopodcast.com 
www.thepodcastmarketingmama.com. And while you're on our website, we hope you guys check out our free 14 day happy couple challenge. Uh, it's a challenge where we send you a daily email for 14 days with easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And it's honestly just a whole lot of fun to do with your partner. It's something new and we think you guys will really enjoy it. So check it out. And while you're on the website, there are tons of free resources as well as more information about our online course, Spark My Relationship, where our listeners can get $100 off. So check that out. You can go directly to the course website at sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. And that's where you can get the $100 off. So thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you next week. listening to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com